Hello, and welcome to another edition of the State Bar of Michigan's On Balance podcast on Legal Talk Network. I'm Molly Rands. And I'm Joanna Hathaway. We're very pleased to have Dr. Lois Frankel join us today as our podcast guest. Dr. Frankel is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and executive coach. She's with us today to talk about how women can speak up and stand out with courage and confidence. And now, Lois, could you share some additional information about yourself with our listeners? Sure. You know, I like to start off with, I'm a recovering nice girl. You know, I think people write about what they know about, and that sure is me. Having grown up at a time when children, particularly girls, were to be seen and not heard, it took me quite a while to really find my voice. People can't believe now that there was a time when I didn't have a voice. People don't know me now. The fact is, is that it took some time to develop the confidence and the courage to speak up and say the things that were on my mind and to not worry so much about offending other people. And so once I got the hang of it, I really wanted to share it with others, particularly with my clients as an executive coach. I worked with C-suite executives and managers and leaders and directors. And for many of them, for the women especially, they didn't understand that they had a bigger platform than they thought they had. So part of my work has been to enable women to take up the entire platform. And so for now, that's all I'd like to say. Thank you so much for being here today, Lois. As a working woman and a mother and a wife, I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. You were best known for your nice girls books. How would someone know if she was a nice girl? Yeah, let me start by saying, when I talk about nice girl, I'm talking about when you act in ways that are consistent with how you were taught were appropriate in childhood. I had someone the just the other day, and this happens to me all the time, say, I didn't buy your books because I thought you were, they were going to tell me I had to be mean and nasty. Oh, as a matter of fact, I think in Michigan, or maybe it was Pennsylvania, there was the first woman appointed as Supreme Court Justice of that state. It's first time in history. I think it was, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was Pennsylvania. And in her acceptance speech, she alluded to my book, and she said, I'm proof that nice girls do get the corner office. And I thought, you know what? She didn't read the book. Because if she did, she would understand that I was really talking about when you act in ways that are consistent with childhood messages and not as an adult woman. So I would say you would know that you are a nice girl. If you're not getting your needs met, if you feel as if you're overlooked, if you feel as if your voice isn't heard, if you feel as if you don't have rights to say or do certain things, if you're worried about upsetting the apple cart, these are all signs that you're a nice girl and not an adult woman. If you're just afraid to speak your mind for fear that you're going to offend someone or hurt somebody's feelings, those are all signs that you're probably a nice girl. So does this apply to women in the legal field as well? Absolutely. It applies in all fields. And I don't want to paint every woman in a particular field, in this case, the law field, with the same brush, because I know there's different kinds of lawyers, right? In certain specialty areas in the field of law, people have to be more aggressive. And so, you know, certainly I don't see some of those women acting like nice girls, 
But then you have some other fields, or you even have, if you're in a partnership, particularly where there are predominantly men, you will find that women do have a hard time doing the things that I'm talking about, speaking up, standing up for themselves, asserting themselves, asking for the business that they deserve, not allowing themselves to be interrupted. That happens all the time, and it really does happen in the law field. As a matter of fact, they've done studies of the Supreme Court, and in the Supreme Court, it's been shown that the women justices are interrupted more than the men justices. And so even at the highest level of the law, it plays itself out. And so women really do need to learn how to deal with this in a way. And, you know, one of the things I often tell my clients is that the challenge before you is to learn to tell people to go to hell so they look forward to the trip. And that's really what we all need to learn to do better. Lois, in line with that, can you tell us a little bit about your latest audiobook, Nice Girls Don't Speak Up or Stand Out? I started writing that book. I sold that to my publisher, which is Hashat. I sold that to the publisher as just a regular book. And then within probably six weeks, I called them back and I said, you know, this book really cries out to be listened to, not read. Because as I was writing the book, I realized people aren't going to get the inflections in tone. They're they're just not going to get what I'm talking about here. So I said, I would really like to put it out as an audio book and not as a print book. Luckily, they agreed with me. And so that's why we did that. You can get it as a print book on Amazon, but I don't think it's as good, you know, and I don't recommend people get it. I think when you can listen to me giving you all the tips for how to speak up and stand out, it's really much more helpful to you. And the reason why I wrote the book was because when I give keynotes, I always talk about communication. I talk about a lot of things in my keynotes. But when I talk about communication, that's the one thing that consistently everybody comes up to me afterwards and asks more questions about. So it's tangible right? It's not just telling people, hey, look, we've got to work on your nice girl behaviors. It's very tangible. And it's something that you can do every single day and start to see results from. And also, you don't have to take big leaps. You could take baby steps and they accumulate and you really see a change in how you feel about yourself, how you express yourself, and then in turn, how other people treat you. We are looking forward to hearing more from Dr. Lois Frankel. We are now going to take a short break from our conversation to thank our sponsors. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at InfoTrack.com simple. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Lois Frankel talking about how women can speak up and stand out. Lois, what are some mistakes women often make when it comes to communicating that keep them from getting the things they most want? 
I'll give you three examples. Number one is use far too many words. You know, by some accounts, women use somewhere between 15 and 20,000 words a day. Men use somewhere between 7,500 and 10,000 words a day. So women are using about twice as many words to express themselves during the day. Now, why is that a problem? Because what we know is short sounds confident. The fewer words you use, you strengthen your message. The more words you use, you weaken your message. And so if you're using too many words, you're weakening your message. Now, there's a reason why women do that. And, you know, when there's men in the room, I always say, guys, you could help us out here. One of the reasons women use too many words is because, especially when they're speaking to men, is that men don't give us any clues that they're listening. There's no head nods, smiles, right? And so women think they should just keep talking and nothing's further from the truth. And so in a little while, I'll give you a model for what you could do to cut down on the number of words, but that's a mistake. Another mistake is asking permission, okay? Men don't ask permission, men ask forgiveness. In our society, we expect children, we expect little girls to ask permission. So if you're asking permission to do something, then you're acting like a nice girl and people aren't gonna take you seriously. And then a third mistake that women make is that when we are in meetings, we don't speak up often and early enough. What we know is that early speakers are accorded as kind of self-confidence that later speakers are not. And when you wait too long to speak, it also means that maybe all the good ideas have already been taken, time runs out, those kinds of things. So again, one of the tips I give to women is that, you know, you need to be among the first two or three people to speak in any meeting. And then depending on the length of the meeting, make sure you're speaking often enough and call attention to yourself. Lois, you talk about having a toolkit of communication techniques. What are some of those? Yeah, I talk about the toolkit. I often compare it to baking a cake, right? You know, I like to bake bread. And in my cupboard, there is all the essential ingredients for baking bread, right? So on any given day, I can put those together and bake a loaf of bread. But then if I want to do something special, then I have to add to my toolkit of bread baking ingredients, right? And it's the same thing for women in communication. You need to have the basic ingredients and then there are higher level things that you can do or additional things you can do that are going to help you communicate even better. So some of the basic tools are things like build strong 360 degree relationships. Now people often say, well, what does that have to do with communication? Think about it. When you are communicating with someone that you like, you cut them a lot of slack, right? You take the time and you listen to them. They listen to you. If your best friend says something to you that you may not like too much, you don't write her off because you're in a relationship. And then think about people who you don't have a relationship with. How, you know, we call that a negative halo effect, right? You see somebody coming down the street that you don't like and you're automatically thinking negative things. So that's why it's important to have strong 360-degree relationships with people that you work with, that you play with all around. 
And the thing that you want to remember is when you need a relationship, it's too late to build it. So that's number one. That's where I start. Number two, every woman needs in her toolkit something that's called a desk script, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T, desk script. So the desk script is how you have difficult conversations because women often avoid difficult conversations because they think that they're going to be confrontations, and they don't have to be. So the desk script consists of essentially four things. The D stands for describe why I want to have a conversation with you. The E stands for elicit the other person's point of view and explain my point of view. The S stands for specify what I want to have happen. And the C stands for create consequences, right? What are the positive consequences or the negative? And I usually start with positive consequences if it's the first time I've had a conversation. So putting it together, it might sound like this. Joanne, let's just say you and I are in a meeting together. And in those meetings, you tend to cut me off before I'm finished, okay? So here's how the desk script would sound, not in the meeting, but later, afterward. I might say, Julian, there's something I'd like to talk to you about, and I've noticed it happening in meetings frequently. And that's when I go to speak. I notice I'm often interrupted by you. And I was wondering if you noticed that too. Now, it doesn't matter what Joanne says, because all I'm going to do is listen. And she can only say one or two things. One would be, oh, no, I don't. You're being too sensitive, right? Which is being defensive. Or the other one is saying, oh, I had no idea I was doing that, right? You're only going to get to either a positive or a negative response. So you don't have to go for the bait either way. All you have to do is listen. So if Joanne were to say, well, I don't feel like I do that, you don't have to explain yourself. All you have to do is explain what you want. And you can use the phrase, this is another phrase that's great in your toolkit, be that as it may. You know, I might say something like, well, you know, obviously we see the situation differently. And be that as it may, what would be really helpful to me is if when I start speaking, you allow me to finish and then actually comment on it or ask questions or shoot holes in it. I'm okay with all those things because I really think once the whole idea is out, then we build on it to make it even better. And if you could do that for me, I promise I'll do the same thing for you. And so there, I just used D-E-S-C. And you can hear it wasn't confrontational because I wasn't going to let it turn into a confrontation. Now, if Joanne really thinks that she doesn't do it, now I've put her on notice. If her behavior is going to change, it's more likely going to change because I said something. So that would be the second thing I would put in the toolkit. And then the third thing has to be headline communication. Now, as I've already said, women use far too many words. So the way that you counter that is by before you open your mouth, you prepare your communication, okay? And every time you speak, you need to prepare. You know, I'll never forget, I had a woman, very senior woman, as a matter of fact, in a consulting firm. She was sent to me for coaching because she doesn't think before she speaks. And I happened to know she was very successful. And I said, well, when you need to make a presentation, what do you do? 
She said, I just wing it. I know the stuff. And I said, you know what? Even if you're good at winging it at one point in your career, at some point, it's going to catch up with you. And it caught up with her. And so here's the model. The model says you start with your headline. What's the most important thing I want someone to remember? That's the headline. Then I move to two or three pieces of supporting data or explanatory data. Then I move to only two or three examples or pieces of data. And then I end with, and men don't have to do this, but women do. I end with inviting other people to engage in the conversation with me. But I don't do it the other way around. See, for most people, if if they want to make a point, they ask a question instead of make a statement. So they say something like, what would you think if we did X, Y, Z? Now you've given away all your power. Okay, and I think women think that's the soft way to make a point. You can make a point very well and not be considered too aggressive and not ask a question around it. So just listen to how this sounds when I put it together. I might say something like, you know, Molly, I'd like to propose that with the Michigan State Bar Association, we do three things. Number one, and you have to know, I want listeners to know, I'm just making this up, okay? I don't know that any of this is true. I'm just making this up, okay? So I might say, you know, we want to attract more people. So attracting and retaining women members needs to be our number one priority. Number two, the members we do have want more training opportunities. They want webinars, they want conferences, they want those kinds of things. That needs to be our number two priority. And number three, we need to get more people involved in the committees because the people who are on the committees currently really feel as if they're struggling and they're doing a lot of work and they're gonna burn out. So those have to be our top three priorities. You can hear I feel strongly about that, but I'd also like to know what you think so that we can really grow this organization in a way that makes sense and makes a difference. And then I stop. Now there, and that probably took me one minute, but in one minute, and it might've even been less, I wasn't timing it, but in one minute, I made my point and I didn't use any extraneous words right? And I don't think I came across sounding too aggressive or too pushy about it, did I? Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Great information. So Lois, bro-creating, mansplaining, and man-terrupting are all things that happen to women in law. How can women handle those? Yeah, you know, and I know every woman in law has had this happen. Let's start with uh, mansplaining. And that's when men explain things to you as if you don't have a brain in your head, right? (laughs) So there's a couple ways that you can handle that. The first way is to, when they start explaining, interrupt them and say, you know, hang on a minute here. I don't think that you realize that I have 20 years experience in the law, 10 of those in a private practice, and 10 of those in my own practice. So actually, you know, I know what you're talking about. Could we move on to something that would be really more meaningful in this moment and make better use of our time, okay? That's how you handle 
a mansplainer, right? And that's the only thing I think I would do with that one. Moving on to appropriating. Appropriating was when a man steals your idea as his own, right? He takes over one of your ideas. Now, there's two things that could happen here. Every woman listening to this, I'm going to ask you to do this in every meeting you attend from now on. What's called amplification. Okay, amplification is when you call attention to what another woman said. So let's just say that I'm sitting in a meeting with Molly and Joanne, and Molly says something, and I say, you know, Molly, I could really support that. I agree with that for these reasons. Joanne, are you on board with that? Okay, so that what we do is we get Molly's idea so that no one else can steal it, right? Because if it's amplified, no one else can steal it. Now, there's not always the opportunity to do that, right? And maybe somebody won't do that for you. So if your idea is appropriating, appropriated rather, what you want to do is when the person finishes, you're going to say, you know, thank you, Joe, for expanding on my idea because it made me realize I'd left something out. Let me add this to my idea, okay? Now, what you've just done is you've thanked him for expanding on your idea. You didn't say, hey, you stole my idea. No, you did something in a way that he'll never do that again. That's part of telling somebody to go to hell so they look forward to the trip, right? <laughs> Thank you. And you made me realize I'd like to expand on that. Then the third one is me interrupting. And that's when men interrupt you. And they do it in a couple of ways, right? You could be in a meeting with a client, and the client looks at you and asks a question. The man with you starts to answer, right? Now, this happens all the time, right? The client looked at you, and then your colleague, a man, starts to answer. That's man-interrupting. And so all you have to do is say something as simple as, you know, hold on, Joe. I've got this. That's all you have to do. Hang on, Joe. I've got this. Now, you may not be able to do that with somebody senior to you, but you can certainly do it with anybody else. You know, and depending on your relationship with someone senior to you, you may even be able to do it there. Now, there may be a time when you're not able to do that at all. So you let the person finish, and then when they finish, you say, you know, I'd actually like to pick it up. And I'd like to pick it up because I actually have a little bit more to add to that, and I appreciate you asking the question. So don't let it just go by, and don't say, hey, it doesn't matter who answers the question, it's about making the client happy. See, that's nice girl behavior. And nice girl behavior is, it's really okay, it doesn't bother me. I'm not saying it should bother you, but I think if you, what you wanna do is manage your career, then you need to make sure that your voice is heard, that your voice is out there. It is important. And I would add one thing to this just before I forget, and that is if you're in a meeting, you sit at the table. I've been in so many meetings where there's not enough chairs around the table. And so a woman walks in and she looks around the table and she thinks, oh, you know what? There's not going to be enough chairs for everybody. I'll take one on the side. If you're not at the table, you're not in the meeting. And if you don't speak up at the table, you're not in the meeting. So I want you to remember those two things as well. 
Okay, Lois, this is such great information that I have a million-dollar question for you. If you had to give advice to your younger self, what would that be? You know, I think it would be you're good enough. I think when girls grow up, they often don't get that message. You know, I know they get the message it could be anything you want. Well, nowadays they do. They certainly didn't get the message when I was growing up. And in some cultures, uh, young women still don't get that message or girls don't get that message. In some geographic locations, it's different. And so, you know, if I had to give myself the message, I'd say, you're good enough. You're okay just the way you are. Because I think I spent the first half of my life trying to prove that I belonged wherever I was, whether it was at college or graduate school or, you know, once I had my PhD, that I belonged in the field of uh, psychotherapy or when I worked for Arco, the oil company, that I had to prove that I belonged there. I think if I knew early on that I was good enough and that I was okay just the way I was, I think I could have reached my stride a lot earlier. Great information. So with that, we have come to the end of our show. Molly and I would like to thank our guest today, Dr. Lois Frankel, for a wonderful program. Lois, if listeners would like to follow up with you, what is the best way to reach you? And also, please tell us how they can get your books. First, I encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn, and it's Dr. Lois Frankel. And I suggest that because that's one way people communicate with me. But I also, when I see interesting articles that I think are going to help women in the workplace, or I have ideas, or I want to get a discussion started, that's where I'm going to do it. So please connect with me on LinkedIn. You can also get hold of me through my website, which is Dr. Lois Frankel. Okay? It's D-R-L-O-I-S-F-R-A-N-K-E-L.com, DrLoisFrankel.com. And on my website, there's a tab that says Lois Frankel Books. So you can click on there, in which case you'd see all the books, go to Amazon or wherever you buy books, and type in my name, Dr. Lois Frankel, and not just Lois Frankel, because there's a couple of Lois Frankels out there, but if you type in Dr. Lois Frankel, my books should come up. Thank you for giving me that opportunity, and thank you for inviting me to be with you today. Thank you again so much for being our guest today. This has been another edition of the State Bar of Michigan's On Balance podcast. I'm Joanne Hathaway. And I'm Molly Rands. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the State Bar of Michigan On Balance podcast. Brought to you by the State Bar of Michigan and produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find the State Bar of Michigan and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download Legal Talk Network's free app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network or the State Bar of Michigan or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.